Chapter 8 Heron Legs refused to believe the story his jealous and spiteful son-in-law told him about Beale, but four other witnesses verified the tale. Heart heavy, he set out the next morning to question Beale, sure there was a godlike explanation. Arriving at his wiki-up, he found Beale sitting by the fire without a care in the world, stroking Poot, who lay across his legs. This cozy scene did not help dispel any rumors, nor did Tuberry's explanation when questioned, stating Beale had performed some kind of humping ritual, not exactly what she would call intercourse, on the dog which had magically spit out the bone once complete. She could not confirm or deny the sorcery was of a sexual nature. When Heronlegs, with signing, questioned Beale further on the subject, Beale enthusiastically reenacted his heimlicking of Poot, happy to demonstrate repeatedly with a smile a way to save anyone, dog or man, from choking. Even using two berries in front of him, fists clenched under her ample chest, smiling and thrusting to demonstrate, the technique was still misconstrued, leaving two berries embarrassed, confused, and slightly turned on. It was a total communications clusterfuck that ended with Bill being labeled a dog copulator and relocated to the far nether regions of camp with the whores and widows, where he was quickly frozen out of all polite Karankawa society. Though Heron Legs had been forced to devalue Bill or lose face, he was not cruel enough to take Bill's dog or woman, but the nuptial offers of lovely doe eyes was rescinded. As quickly as he had risen in regard, Bill descended. Self-pity fueled his days. Two berries watched helplessly as Bill moped through several soul-crushing weeks of despair. But then, one day, the winds of fate blew him again. He heard, in the distance, over the hum of camp and the gurgle of lapping waves, a horn and voices. Spanish voices drifting over the shallow waters of the bay. The dogs began to bark. The tribe began to buzz. Bill hurried from his remote wiki-up, intent on warning Heronlegs of the danger, realizing from the expressions of curiosity and wonder on many of the faces he passed in his mad dash that this tribe didn't fear the conquistadors, their glimpses and stories of them from relatives so far benign. It seemed the Spaniards hadn't found much to bother them about yet, but since the rumors of the cities of gold began circulating in Europe, the natives now had something to fear. To them, Gold was still just a soft, useless metal. Panting, Bill reached Heronleg's grand wiki-up, dashing past several of Heronleg's wives who loitered outside sifting palmetto fronds, finding Heronleg's with yet another wife, plucking the hairs from her husband's armpit with chopstick tweezers. Startled, they looked up in unison as Bill burst inside, gesturing to the beach, trying to catch his breath and warn them. Conquistadors, you must run! They are dangerous men. Don't just stare at me. Run! Bill pantomimed, fleeing, pointing at himself, then Heronlegs and Heronlegs' wife. Heronlegs stared at Bill. His brow creased, a deep frown of doubt on his face. He understood the urgency in Bill's voice, assuming it was about the visitors. But he'd already been told of the sightings of the winged boat filled with men who wore shiny waterskin headpieces. Their previous encounters with them had been peaceful. At times, the strange armored men came and asked questions about local landmarks or asked for food. The Karankawa always obliged. 
because of his innate trust. It took Hair and Leg several minutes once Bill reluctantly fled to recognize the sounds of screams and a popping noise. He didn't know what the popping was. He had never seen or heard a gun until this moment. The Spaniards stormed the beach, setting fire to the nearest abodes, stomping through the camp, shouting nonsense to the natives' ears. Several severe-looking, tonsured friars in black tranquilly trailed behind the invading forces as Bill scurried and dodged bodies and obstructions with frogger-like precision, quite confusing several furious Spaniards as he zigzagged through camp, past the battling Caranqua, making fairly short work of the surprised Spaniards with their fierce longbows. Tuberry's eyes blurry from the smoke enveloping the camp, staggered outside, searching the fleeing crowds frantically for her beel, her heart leaping as she spotted him to her left, no the right, no the left, sprinting boldly through the melee. Poot bolted past her and ran, tail wagging wildly towards Bill who flailed his arms, shouting, Run, Two Berries, run! His voice hoarse from the thickening smoke. Two Berries waved back, Bill! Bill grabbed a cudgel from a dead warrior, hefting it aloft on pure adrenaline as he ran, screaming for Two Berries to save herself, the dog, and the toilet chair. But Two Berries could see the danger behind Bill, a silver man riding a huge deer gaining on him, the deadly lance poised in the air before descending. Poot launched into the air like a pouncing jaguar, her sharp teeth chomping down on the flashing metal of the bayonet. Bang. Whoosh. Darkness. Then a slow reconstitution of oneself. Bill wondered if he had died, hearing Tuberry's screams as he spied the lance from the corner of his eye. Poot lunging for the deadly projectile with teeth bared. He raised his cudgel in self-defense, glass showering over him as he leapt about, trying to get out from under the raining shards. He heard voices. A light flipped on. Why was there glass all over him? 